Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio. Today we're going to do a rundown of the top 10 egg stories for 2021 on this last day of 2021. So, as we do that, with me today are Bill Schaumburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up everybody? Todd Schaumburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Bill, did you stay up to watch the whole game? I did. I was Who like, starts a bowl game at 9.30? And it was like 9.45 because they had to wait till uh, Michigan State, uh, whoever they were playing. Pitt until they, they finished. Michigan State, Pitt. Pitt, yes. And it was like down to the wire. Which, so it's like, okay, come on. Like, the two I, best players didn't even play in that game. No. And I was watching the game before that, and they actually went to ESPNU for the Michigan State pick game. So I'm like back and forth between ESPNU and, and ESPN to see if they did that with the Badger game. No, they just waited until Michigan State pit was done, and then they moved. So it was like quarter to ten by the time yep. it started. So the Doritos Cheetos Festival Bowl brought to you by Progressive. SRS Distributing or something like that? SRS Distributing Las Vegas Bowl. There's just so many different SRS Transport? Something like that, yes. It shows how much I listened. You know, they said it like a billion times probably. and I think they're contractually obligated to mention it every 30 seconds. I would have said that how lame are all those, like to sponsor bowl, all that, but that Duke's Mayo Bowl last year that we were in, Definitely, I'm like a Duke's Mayo guy now. So <laughs> it works. Least, huh? Yeah. It's, it's, does does Keeley like dump Duke's, Duke's Mayo on top <laughs> no, of you like no. the winning coach got yesterday? No, just no. Just not as much Hellman's, more the Dukes. The Dukes. So. I will say though, being in Vegas, like every other commercial was something to do with gambling with Vegas, with Vegas. like a hotel. Or yeah. I do know there's a rooftop tailgate now at one of the one of the um, hotels. Basically, this gigantic um you know screen that they show sports and then it's like these pools with lounge chairs like that you can go on the roof and watch games and i've never been but it looks like a lot of fun yeah looks like a place i want to go to yeah that would have been a fun place to watch a bowl game yeah we were gonna go a couple years ago one of my buddies was gonna try and wrestle in the u.s open yeah and we were gonna go to vegas for the week to watch a wrestle and i was pretty excited and then things didn't work out but i was like Dang, that sounds like a great week. Hey, Max. Yeah. Did you know Braylon Allen is 17? I did. I did know (laughs) Braylon Allen is 17, but I was reminded last night at least 27 times. On the radio broadcast, it was great because they joked about that. Did they? It was after jump around, so it was the fourth quarter. Wow. And basically, uh, I I believe Lucas kind of started it, but LePay, like, he he just cashed it in and was basically like, Hey, yeah, and, and what's his age again? <laughs> you know, have we said that? I should, I should look at the text from Max because he texted me as soon as they said it. It was probably, what, three plays into the game or yeah, something? Yeah, it wasn't very long. When it was the, after they the scored t- the first touchdown. Okay. So well, it, was, it was 7 nothing. I think, when they – yeah, it was 7 nothing when I texted you. Yeah, it was, like, right away. And then they kept saying it throughout the whole – like, it's like – He's a beast. I mean, what are you going to say? He's 17, so what? The the guy on the call last night saying that uh, they should check his uh, birth certificate. Did you hear him say that? Yeah. That was really funny. That was really... They're like, he said, they say he's 17. That birth certificate, I don't know, seems fishy. Like, he said something like that, and I was like, yeah, it is, Um, yeah. I saw a tweet this morning just paging through of an interview of him after the game, and they're like, oh, how'd you like Vegas? He's like... It wasn't much fun as an underage person. Yeah, they <laughs> like, uh, can't really do anything there, probably. No. Maybe, I don't can you even walk through a, a casino? Probably not. I think his parents aren't there. So, yeah. But they played well in the first half. And then, I mean, there was multiple times in the second half where ASU had 10 guys in the box to stop the run. And we don't have any wide receivers. And then Ferguson went out. So it was like, basically, you hope your big hosses can overpower ten other guys, and they did it. Though their last, the last drive at twelve thirty at last night was like eighteen plays for ten ish minutes. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. It was nine minutes to go, and they basically soaked the clock yeah. away, which is that's like Barry Alvarez style football. Right, to, and they to didn't score. Right, they, they got to the three and kneeled it twice three times or whatever it was, and then gave it to Schnell 
the fullback on fourth down with three seconds to go, and he just kind of wiggled around and <laughs> time ran out. Yeah. Should have added his like, stats, try to get to the league. Come on. Right. True Badger football, though, like running it to run the clock out, and the defense just played awesome yeah. in that fourth yeah, quarter. The, their first two levels are amazing. Their line, line and linebackers are just next level. Their defensive backs are they're okay. They, we need more speed there to really, like, if we want to hang with Ohio State, you need speed there. DBs and receivers, to me, recruiting-wise, go together. Yeah. And we can't recruit either of them, apparently. Nope. We cannot. So, uh, a, have uh, you... A running team? Yeah. yeah. Really who, was last, to... who was the last wide receiver we had who was anywhere near, like, Jared Aberderis? Nick Toon? Nick Toon. I, Nick Toon. Yeah. I mean, and look at Nick Toon. He made the practice squad at, in New Orleans for a year. Right. I mean, that's what we got. Probably, so. like... Chris Chambers, like if you go that far so, back, and even that, like how good was he really? At, in the end, he stayed in the league a while. Yeah, I. We uh, what I can't figure out is why we can't get a good quarterback. Who wouldn't want to play behind that offensive line? Right. You you can say all you want. Oh, we're a running team. Get your feet underneath you. Stay upright the first year or two, and then I guarantee you, they will throw the ball. We threw the ball with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Right? It feels like we can't recruit a quarterback. It, we thought Graham Mertz was going to be that guy, and he was for like four games. How, how did we not and see then, through a five-star from Kansas? How did we really fall for that one? He's from <laughs> Kansas. He doesn't play anybody. You know, it's a five-star from Texas. No, there's something. Or a five-star from Florida. There's something. Yeah. A five-star from Kansas. Come on. It's easy to look good when you're playing in Kansas. Yeah, I guess. That's the way it's looking now because, I mean, sure, he's a great guy, but. He's he's. It's I not mean, that good. we would have been better off having having what's Jackie it? Heisman, Jack Cohen, yeah, yeah, Jack Cohen stay. Honestly, yeah. But I guess he's a sophomore, so you cross your fingers that gets each better. Year he gets better, and by yep. his senior year, he's decent. Or you've picked up somebody new that's better. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Guys, ready to get into this? Let's go. So first of our top 10 egg stories for 2021 is the Grain Weevil Robot. And this was back in May of 2021 we talked about this. So if you remember, this was a robot that would basically sort through your, your grain bin, eliminating the need for you to go into it. I remember it had like two little augers for wheels, and yep. then it would kind of just dance around through your corn and yeah, hopefully you can save some lives out there. So JLI Robotics came up with it. The grain weevil weevil is remote control designed to engage with grain to directly to aerate, move, and manage. So be curious to know if anybody was able to get their hands on one. Now you know that story was in May. Now we've went through a whole harvest season. If anyone was able to use one this fall. Yeah, it'd be interesting to follow up on that and see if... It always seems when these new technologies come out, it takes like a year before it's right. commercially At available. least, yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't... I don't remember. Did they have a cost on it? Anybody remember? They did not. They didn't have kind of any... They just had videos of it. It's usually the first introductory one is going to be super expensive, too. So it's a prototype. All right, number nine is the western drought. This we talked about back in June. So one thing about rainy years is at least something grows usually. But in a drought, can't always count on it. So lack of feed was a potential bad situation for northern North Dakota cattle producers. Hard to pasture your cattle on nothing. So it's always... An unfortunate situation those drought years it's amazing how different the country can be because you know we didn't know it yet in june well maybe we did end of june but you know we came off of a i said we were pretty dry in june yeah yes in wow. june we were dry but after like that drought. it was like a dry three weeks <laughs> right it wasn't like what they were going through but in the end our you know everybody's bunkers silos everything is full you know we're we were Brimming with feed, and these poor guys and gals in North Dakota are, got scraps, you know. So it's amazing how different the country can be. And the, and just 
right now the drought monitor is showing they're still fairly dry. So I know they're supposed to get a few snows and some of that, but a lot of that area is still in extreme drought to severe drought. So it's one of those things you don't hear about it because they're not growing as many crops right now. But this that might be something that for next year is still... Yeah, it could carry through, yeah. What do you think uh, we're at currently in Wisconsin? Slight, so, slight drought. Yes, somewhere below normal. It's wanting to load. Come on. It basically <laughs> said abnormally dry. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, we really haven't had, I mean, it wasn't a terribly wet fall. We haven't had a ton of snowfall. So, yeah, we're not by any means overly damp like we were just a few years ago. Which I think most of us are. Happy, be you know, with our hay fields and wheat fields that it's not yeah overly wet. But well, yeah, when we lost our initial snowfall, it all pretty much soaked in. I mean, there was nothing ponding on the top or anything like that. So it's a good good it'd problem to have. Be interesting to see if history repeats itself. Is before the '88 drought, three years before that was basically flooding and yeah. the wettest years of they had in in '85 and '86. So this might be. Yeah, we probably are the, in some for drier years. This was our 87? This could be... This uh, was 87, uh, so next year's 88? Could be. I mean, we're... 87, though, was also dry going in, so it would be... Next year would have to be more... It'd be 10 dry. years since our last drought, 2012. Yeah. And those come in about that cycle, too, so... Yeah. Well, and we were dealing with the same thing these North Dakota people were. Like, we were cutting buffers and cutting ditches, and not so much us in the Northeast, but, like, Madison... South, I remember the governor at one point saying, "Like, cut whatever you want. cut whatever you need because th- there's got to have it." Quote in one of the articles I read about the Western drought, and this guy said, "88 was bad, but I would trade this year for 88 in a heartbeat. Ooh, this oh, is way wow. worse." So, I mean, that puts it in perspective too of how bad what those guys were going through. And like Matt said, it's so regional that when you know. When you're doing okay, you don't necessarily worry about the neighbors. I mean, it's not neighbor. They're states away. But when when somebody would say that, obviously, it was really bad. And worse than 88? That I Yeah, that's unbelievable. 88's one of those years you just hear about, right? It's one of those, like... It's mm-hmm. dropped uh, a lot, yeah. Yeah. You, you, well, at least it's not 88. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Number eight was a local story, to us anyway. Really local. It was a national story, but it came local, right? It was right right next door, practically, to the Tilth Worldwide headquarters here. So a case, IH7240, sold for a record price in a farm auction in Seymour, or Iser, if you want to be terribly specific. <laughs> the listeners out there appreciate <laughs> if that. You, if you know where Iser is. Uh, so so yeah. I bet you a lot of them know where the Iser Inn is. Yeah, that's oh, a good chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taco Tuesday at the Iser Inn. That's right, baby. So, yes, $94,000 for a 7240 50th edition that was belonged to Merlin and Peggy Rome in Seymour, Wisconsin. So... Broke the previous record by $4,000. I mean, that's not all that close. You know, it's good when almost 30 years later, your tractor still holding pretty good value. So, And they had other tractors that kind of set records too, didn't they? Yeah, I wouldn't want to see his tax bill for, <laughs> yeah, this, for this year. year. <laughs> no, and this is to highlight kind of an even bigger story of just Machinery prices, especially in auctions for used machinery and even new machinery. I mean, obviously, since you can't get new machinery that easily this year, it kind of makes the used stuff a lot more, you know, price goes up. And just to get some certain machinery that guys wanted changes that. So At, at the time that we did this episode, I think we barely knew. I, that no, we were just getting yeah. to the tip of the iceberg of the... Machinery crisis. Now, when we think about it, we're like, well, no, duh, they broke record. I mean, <laughs> duh. And, it, and it's a, I mean, the pictures of the tractor, I mean, he, he kept it in awesome well, condition. So, great right. shape. Yeah. It's yeah. really Well maintained. That helps. I was lucky enough to be there the day before the auction and hear people going through the barns and checking things out. And it was, the comments were pretty funny. Mm-hmm. 
So <laughs> funny, like what? One guy was really frustrated because he has a tractor just like that, and he knows they all leak oil somewhere. And he couldn't find oil. <laughs> couldn't find oil leak. <laughs> you know, it's stuff like that. Like I've owned three of these, and they all leak oil. So I know there's an oil leak. I gotta find it, and he couldn't. So <laughs> and then it, obviously it broke a record. So I mean, that was there's a really good. Maybe indicator. it was just him. Maybe could be. He had, but didn't know how to put an oil filter on or something. Something like that. Had, yeah. All right, number seven was the wheat price. This we talked about at least twice this last year in wow. February and again in November. What, yeah, what blew me away about the wheat price is how big and it just hitting record, record highs, and it's it just still is in the news now. And we were talking about it in February as well of how high it was. So it's not sort of this one off, like, you know, corn beans up down a little you know it was just high all year really good price and i feel like the wheat market we don't see volatility very often we don't see big gains or big losses we saw some huge gains in a day or two yeah and, and we and yeah we didn't see the losses but just you know wheat seemed like it held steady it went up a couple pennies here and there but there was 25 cent days on wheat this year which is I to me is unheard of. It's crazy. It, it, back in May, it hit five fifty, and I remember that being like, "Wow, you know, five fifty wheat. This yeah. is great." Especially in comparison to what beans and corn were, it was starting to make that well, a then, lot more feasible. And in our area, we had a lot of wheat this year, whereas yeah. last year we didn't. So it was also a cool that way where we had a lot of wheat and the price was good. It usually doesn't sort of work out that way. And then the story in November, it was like eight bucks. Right, so yeah. so that was the you know, and then basically nine year you know highest in nine years this November. So it's hitting these crazy highs in the eight fifties, you know, which is just like we said, we thought five fifty was newsworthy. Five fifty was a big deal, and they were talking seven, and then all of a sudden eight. It's like holy yeah, buckets. yeah. Good reason to. Hope your wheat field survives <laughs> right. through the winter, and the price hopefully stays there till harvest. But uh, I won't be afraid to be locking wheat in right now. No, no, it'd be good. To, good. That, thing to that do. was a question I got in wheat planting season: was how much should we lock in because the price was so good? So hopefully, you locked in at least a quarter, maybe or half of what you got planted. Yeah, and that's usually not very high on the totem pole. No. When it comes to locking in prices, like, oh, should I lock in my wheat? So, yeah. So we'll see what that does into the new year here. But like Todd said, it's a nine-year high. So we'll see where that goes. Number six was ransomware attacks in ag, and that was something we talked about back in June of this year, so ransomware, if you're not familiar, is when you open that link in an email that you really shouldn't have, and all of a sudden <laughs> your computer locks up on you, and then you have to find out what Bitcoin is, because that's probably what the ransom is meant to be paid in. So Maybe that's why these athletes are taking some of their salary in Bitcoin. Just in case. Afraid of ransomware. So JBS, who had issues with lots of... Uh, supply chain problems had to add ransomware to their portfolio this year back in June. So all its plants were able to become fully operational, but they were having issues for four days after a ransomware attack shut down cattle slaughter plants in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. So got to find whoever that was in the office that clicked that link, locked her all down. It says it's a Russian, Russian-based ransomware group Revil, so it's like capital R E and then V I L Revil Revel. I don't know why. They so Russian it. evil. Yeah, was responsible for the attack, and JBS paid the eleven million ransomware in order to prevent further disruptions. So, and there's an FBI quote from an FBI guy that says fifty to eighty percent of the victims that pay the ransom experience a repeat ransomware. Yeah, I was attack. just going to ask that. Like, if you pay it, why would? Don't that negotiate person, with right, terrorists. Well, right. Why would that person not, or those that group not, come after you again? You ready for me to lay it on real thick here? 
It's a good thing this is the only bad thing that happened at meat processing. Yes. <laughs> in Soviet Russia. <laughs> because JBS didn't have any other problems no. in the last right. 365 days. Computer hacks you. There was another ransomware attack this year in September on New Cooperative. We kind of talked about that yep. one. Yep. And they refused to pay the 5.9 million ransom, basically opting to take their systems offline. Mm-hmm. So that one, though, I didn't really hear much of how it happened. We couldn't yeah. really find any more resolve besides they, they didn't pay it and kind of seemed like they were able to resolve it. So later. is that the other option? You just like I mean, you start you have from to be scratch. Offline. Well, if, if you, you start if over, you your stuff backed up. I mean, yeah, you might lose a few days worth of stuff, but right. that's a, as any good IT guy would probably tell you, make sure you back up early mm-hmm. and back up often. Back up your backup to your backup. Yep, because that's. I mean, we worry about like fire or just dropping your computer or something like that. Not yep, arm and hard drive breaking if you've right. got to. Some of these are hard is where you have like a like a meat packing plant is all those hours they're offline, all the money they're losing that yeah. way. They just see that right. stirring up, well, and it's like for some of them, it's cheaper to pay the ransom than sit there or not. Yep. And a couple months ago, Amazon got hacked. Remember that where they couldn't get into. Yep. And what was weird with that one is like you didn't hear like anything no. about it. We were trying to get on John Deere's servers to do operation center stuff, and it wouldn't go. And we called one of the reps, and he's like, "Yep, it's because of the, the Amazon Amazon yep. shutdown." I'm like, "That's interesting." So that one too, you wonder, you know, how they resolve that? Obviously, something well, yeah, got paid somewhere or something, and right. all that time they're offline. They and Amazon Amazon web hosts for a lot of companies. Is it really? Power, I, powered oh, yeah. by AWS. You ever yeah, see that? That's, a, mm, that's yeah. all yeah. Amazon, Amazon yeah. web service. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Big, big change. That's huge. And yeah, I mean, even if it's not ever. completely a whole company, even a fraction of something would be bad. Yeah. Enough to slow things down, crash websites. The thing that gets forgotten, I think, uh, is like people are worried about like credit card information getting stolen, right? JBS, you did, they didn't have a bunch of people's credit card information. But they literally can't run the plant. Right, right. Yeah, like think they of that. can't. The machines will not because nothing's done. Well, some there's, of those you can't. There's even nobody get in with the... a knife anymore, right? I mean, it's all well, machines. There, there is, but like you say, though, they can't even get in the door. They can't, you know. Yeah, if you a lot of that security system with and right. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah you, right, like you say, even like the like I know a lot of those meatpacking plants have like a, a vest, vestibule or recombobulation chamber between like the locker room and the actual floor, and you decontaminate like. None of that works. Like you, you literally can't even get people on the floor to do the job. So it's yeah, it's more than just ah, oh, their credit cards got stolen, whatever. It's it's like the farmers now with the GPS when they plant corn and something oh goes God. wrong and they just I can't plant corn. Like I just want to drive and plant corn <laughs> and I can't because the satellites aren't talking to my my uh, monitor. My planter li- literally won't let me. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ransoming me. It, it's not even a, I'm not smart enough to do it without GPS. Right. It's, I, I can't. It, it won't, won't let me. Yeah. It's funny you say that one because there's also been a lot of thefts of GPS domes this oh, year. Sure. So that's, you know, back in September, that was a big thing to watch out, you know, protect your, protect your dome machinery from theft. And it wasn't the machinery. It was your people were stealing those domes and well i know a lot of older domes got discontinued this year and that's why well and i i think they also some of the newer ones are waiting on chips for them right so it's that too is all kinds of messed up and yeah that'd be one thing to make sure you you lock your domes up too because (laughs) that'd be the equivalent of a farmer ransomware attack like you say bill or even your 2630 monitors right i mean those are at least in the tractor yeah but how many many tractors get locked yeah not many, so I mean, not to cause panic, but could be. I mean, you know, monitors sure. are cool. It's not a jug of Roundup or anything. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> both both might be worth about the same by the end yes. of the year. You never know. Yeah. But yep. all right, our number five. So halfway through. If you built it, they will come. So this year we had the Field of Dreams game in Iowa. And that was a big promotion for MLB. They've been selling tickets and they had the whole, the actual Field of Dreams field all set up. 
corn in the background. Costner. Yep, Kevin Costner came out. My hero. Out of the corn to introduce the game. and that, This was sweet. Like I remember when we did the article, we did some ahead of time to kind of tell listeners to check it out. Yep. And then watching the game, it was like they, they delivered. And then the game actually delivered. It was a walk-off home run. Yeah. And in the top of the, and I don't remember even who two teams it was. I think it was the White Sox and Yankees. the Yankees. And then the Yankees in the top of the inning hit a home run to go to get ahead. Yeah. And then the White Sox hit a walk-off to win it. It was just, it was awesome on all accounts. Like they, they built the stadium really cool. Costner was there. Like, and then to have that good of a baseball game on top of it, like you can't plan that. I mean, do you think that the MOB and the people running this event had some anxiety about like, is the corn going to look good? Is, like, the weather has to be good. I mean, you have all this built into this one night, and they did an awesome job. And it was a beautiful night, and you got Aaron Judge walking out of the corn, who's six foot a million and three thousand pounds. And so, so you're saying that you're wondering if they were going around with spray paint? Well, I had heard spray paint in the corn. Uh, yeah, I had sure heard that. Like, actually, I think some of the corn that. they <laughs> propped up. You know, like I, fence heard, posts. Yeah, there was wind had gone through. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Then you it know. wasn't even it wasn't even actually in the ground. It was just the yeah, it, but. We're going to find out because they are fully committed to doing this yeah. every year now, yep. and, which is going to honestly probably ruin it a little bit. But we'll it, see because if one year is great that it worked out, but uh, getting that to work every summer in Iowa, I mean, that's going to be something. Did Because they announced, was it the Cubs for next year? Yeah, I was trying to find that too. I can't. Uh, it wasn't in the article that I had pulled up here. Cubs Brewers in Iowa? No. Cubs Brewers I think it was... Is it Cubs White Sox? Reds. I found oh. it, Matt. Cubs Reds. Cubs Reds. Okay. Which, in the Reds is, I believe, the oldest franchise. It's either Reds or the Cardinals. Sure. So it makes some sense that way. And it's, it's even Joe Buck announcing it. Just cool too to see the the home run ball go into the corner. You know, like it's not like it's, it's, it's like back you're, there. no, it's, it's like you're playing in the backyard and you hit yeah. it over the fence into the cow pasture or something. Well, let's just hope if when it came to harvest, they had gotten all those posts and everything else out of the field. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they didn't harvest that corn. Well, maybe they could sell it. Like yeah, like yeah, field of dreams cobs. Corn. Yeah, like, like Lambo sells grass. <laughs> yep, the frozen tender sod. Field of Dreams, Cobbs. It'd be interesting what tickets go for next year because some of the articles talked about there's only 8,000 people there, so it's basically like a minor league field. Yep. And tickets were going for five Ridiculous. to ten grand yeah. for yeah. a ticket. And for a middle-of-the-season baseball game, right. like, I, yeah. I wonder if corn breeders can get a cob shaped like a baseball. Can they figure that <laughs> yeah. out? You could give them out at the game here. The right chunk of smut kind of looks like <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you'd want to give out smut though. All right, at number four we've got carbon trading that we talked about a couple of times over the last year. We had a selling your C's episode, and then we touched on it in a couple other episodes this year. Uh, still, not a very clear. Market there, a um, lot of a lot of disparity between prices that you get from individual companies, from how you can get the credits, because a lot of times you can't have pre-existing practices on those acres. So you got it's got to be a new practice. Back in yeah, episode seventy-five, we talked about additionality and how much that uh, there's insets and offsets. I hate that word. And, yeah, and that you can't if you already did something, you can't counted again and so hopefully these markets maybe do figure out to pay people to keep doing good things and to start doing good things both but yeah the we we kind of go through a lot of the definitions and kind of the base and then some of the articles that we had matt were you know basically like land of lakes started a carbon credit program and bears did and just there's just so many of them i mean there's at least you know, 20, 30 different ones that I can think of that we've, we, the one episode we had a whole list of them and 
so it's it's just a wide open market and everybody's a little bit different in what they're doing so it's not there's not a lot of consistency there um so it's hard hard time to be jumping in on that because once you're in you're kind of in and like we said with the additionality thing you could be screwing yourself later uh or you maybe you're jumping on the right bandwagon who knows but it's uh it's just kind of the Wild West out there yet for carbon credits. Todd, so. I'll be curious. You and I are headed to Orlando in uh, two weeks or so for the National Crop Consultants, the NAICC convention. And if you remember two years ago when we went to um, San Antonio, Kellogg's, they were talking about, or General Mills, I believe. General Mills, yeah. You know, some of this kind of thing. So I'll be curious if at that meeting uh, anything gets brought up about any new things. And I would imagine... You know, we sit 365 days from now, and Matt, you talk about all, every, you know, there's a lot of people doing it. Like, I bet you it's just going to keep getting bigger. There was actually a rep from General Mills in the state, um, I think it was earlier this year, or the end of last year, and talking about what they were doing, and it, it's, they're... Their version's just branding, basically. Like they wanna, yep. they wanna have the sticker saying that they're, you know, their little butterfly, like what the GMO stuff has. That's all they want. They don't. They have no way of tracking whether or not it comes from a carbon neutral farm or any, so. Theirs is kind of a. They want to market it. Yeah, theirs theirs is more based on marketing. They're not really looking to. They're looking to invest money in practices but not don't you think that's all of these that's it's this carbon neutral push yeah and so companies just general mills is creating their own market for it whereas they they are these other companies like an airline is paying bayer to go but they're not looking they're not looking to pay farms direct though either that's the thing they're looking to essentially what it looked like was they're essentially looking to create like a demo farm type program okay. which is something we already have in the state uh, at least in part of the state yeah so there theirs was a different look it wasn't like a direct payment to a farmer to to do the practice it was more of a we want to encourage you to do it through f- helping you find I, funding sources ideally too like a general mills they're obviously buying direct farm products you know oats or what why not yep. pay that producer more to do that whereas right Another that's, company that's trying to offset, they aren't, you know, they're buying fuel or something different. And the gist of what I got from the presentation was that is not what, what their what their goal was. And it was um, a farmer-led producer water. Uh, that's what it was. And back in early winter, they had a, the farmer-led watershed group does a conference every year. And that's where, where he was talking. And it, a lot of people came away disappointed as they thought, it would be more of that, like you said, Todd, more of the direct, like, hey, if you're going to grow it, we'll pay you a premium to do it, and that's not really what they were You think it, what they were about. If they don't get the progress they want on the branding end of it, do you think they that's may, the, that's they the may have is, to go that way? The the question you get asked, like, how are you going to track this? Like, how, do you, how are you going to say, and, and they're not. They have no way of, it all goes in a bin somewhere, so that you're... Your product could be grown in a, you know, with cover crops and everything else, and it ends up in a bin with stuff that wasn't. Mm-hmm. So they have no metric to say, you know, 30% of our stuff is, is this. Like may, they could maybe, you know, guesstimate it, but they don't, there's no tracking it. They would almost have you're, to go to an organic type system where you're monitoring organic and you're certified, and right. you have people. That's what going people thought the it was far- be. Right, going yeah. out to the farm and checking these fields and doing everything. And we, you know, we all know kind of how that can go, too, with the organic end of it. We've got a local farmer that got out because of the, the red tape and the you know, stuff that wasn't being accounted for correctly because of organics. So, yeah. So that's, that's part of the whole, you know, like I said, being the Wild West thing. You really got to look into it and understand what they're, what they're trying to do and what they're looking to do. Because a lot of people thought it was going to be different. It was going to be more like that organic, like they're going to have a certification. You know, we're only going to buy from these certified farms, and that it would create a, a different market. And it it's just not what they're looking to do, at least not right now. Maybe in the future they'll decide that's the best course. But and they probably looked at what that would cost the company to do, right? I'm sure. Yeah, it would be 
very expensive for a company by themselves to do that. One thing we talked about as well is just the price carbon was at. It was around trading for, and I'm trying to look it up now. It's unclear in a way of what it really is trading, but it's around 20 to $30 sort of a unit. And as that increases too, I think farmers will have more incentive, obviously, to to get into these markets and do that. So that'll be interesting too is the carbon trading's brand new, the market's brand new. So it'll be interesting five, 10 years from now what that number's at and where it's trading. Yeah, so it's it's something definitely to pay attention to and kind of try to keep on top of the best you can. I know we're going to try to do that, but um, it is is a very fluid, very fast-moving thing that there's not a whole lot of consistency there. All right, number three was a big one this year. We've talked about numerous times throughout the year, and that's the supply chain. Uh, we've had... You know, the stories of all the cargo ships off the coast of California, that number seems to get bigger every time they they talk about it. Um, you know, chipsets we talked about a little bit ago with domes and tractors and all that kind of stuff. So just any number of things, the, the meat packing industry saw that uh, more last year in being able to keep up with supplies for meat and meat prices rose as a result. So, yeah, just a lot of different things through the course of the year that have hit Roundup. I mean, that's part of the reason for the Roundup price increase is plants had to shut down due to weather and cause supply issues. So you name it, any number of things can affect the supply chain, and, and we've had a lot of different things over the, the course of the last year kind of hit that. So Even just getting plastic jugs and plastic totes, yep. the cost of jugs is up an incredible amount, and, and even getting them and totes as well. So... Just it seemed to start almost with that was this kind of like we couldn't bottle Roundup back in that was early this spring. It kind of seemed like that started it for egg and it just sort of was a domino effect. And I heard a buzz too, like around corn salad season, about getting enough bunker plastic, yeah, to cover your salad piles, the resin or whatever in the bunker plastic. It seemed like everybody was able to get it, yeah, but it. They probably paid a lot the, more. The price for it. was higher. Getting it when they wanted it exactly wasn't maybe always on time, and I'm, I'm sure they had to substitute different kind of plastic maybe than what they normally get or something like that. Just tie a bunch of hefty bags together and cover the pile. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this supply chain one. We talked about it a bunch, and every time it it almost just it boggles my mind in both ways that we don't in this country have more hiccups. It is pretty amazing the infrastructure yeah. we do have and and basically in a lot of ways take for granted. But at the same time, some of it too just seems like it could be fixed so much easier and faster than what it is taking and and just seems like it it we've been talking about this since the start of COVID and you kinda of thought each time it'll get better, it'll get better. And even now we're talking, well, next spring, you know, come March, April, it'll it'll clear itself out. But Will it? The toilet okay. paper did, but it, it did. <laughs> then other things joined the party. I think part of it, too, is you get, we almost talk about it too much to the point where people start hoarding things, and I, and that causes as much of, if not the bulk of the issue is... That was the toilet paper issue, right? People right. just, oh, I think, better go buy it. I think Roundup right now, and I, I'm, I wouldn't say hoarding, I think farmers are just getting what they can for next year. Yeah. But I've got more farms with Roundup than I've had ever before that, you know, are, that have it in store or kept it from last year and didn't return it or, or are buying it. So just because I also think, you know, as an industry, we're like, well, you're going to need it, so why don't you get it? And, yeah, it's so we are hopefully going to get through that next year when when farmers have an, enough or or plenty. We heard that 80% a lot. We even talked about that yep. in one of them is that we'll get 80% of the, and that was more to do with fertilizer and chem both and like seed or anything like that. But it'll be interesting if that prediction comes true next year as well. And hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully we can have nearly 100% of needs and everything goes okay. All right. At number two, we've got Tar Spot, which has been a a thorn in our sides for a couple of years, but has been increasing, especially in the last year, on both the number of places we're seeing it and the severity of the disease itself. 
um, where we see it. So um, tar spot is, like I said, a relatively new disease to this area. It's not something we we're used to dealing with uh, in the long term, but um, we're learning more and more about it as it goes on. We're finding out more about different varieties that are susceptible or not as susceptible to them. Uh, UW has been doing some research. The seed companies themselves, some have started to put out actual tar stop spot ratings yeah, um, this out, year for the first year. Shout so. out to uh, the NK book, Golden Harvest and NK has a tar spot rating and also rank seeds in their book has a tar spot rating. So just want to props to those guys for, for providing as much information as they can to farmers this fall so we can plan. And yeah, we know that rating is not perfect, but man, we'll take anything at this point. So at least having something to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other seed guides that you guys can think of or companies that are. No, I looked really hard this year after I saw it was in the rank book. I checked every book to make sure and, and it was amazing to me. We had our, we always around Thanksgiving have the, our seed meetings within our company and talk about um, varieties for next year with with uh, dealers and how different some of the takes were on it. Like, you know, how, how much really put an emphasis on it and how much which companies didn't. And it kind of surprised me a few that didn't. Yeah. So. And and but, I'm sure they're trying in the background, but anything at this point would help farmers, especially going into a year where it, it's going to be worse. I mean, there's no way we, it, we don't even need a, a one through nine rating on it. Just give just, us just give your varieties a low, medium, high, yeah. and that's it. That's enough. At least we can determine at that point if because of the high input costs, should we spend the money um, on the on fungicide, fungicide or yeah. and and when? Right? It's all about timing with fungicides well look at the 80 20 thing there like what if we can't get 20 percent of the fungicide right then it helps you pick which acres i you know this this variety still yields through tar spots so and that's the other part is i think what's interesting with this disease it's not necessarily whether it'll get it or not is it can it yield through it yeah and that's really what we need for ratings so i i would think too in a lot of their plots they had and that's maybe part of it is i know these seed guides are published in midsummer and so they couldn't use the you know the newest data that was from this fall, um, but yeah, even supplementals are just something out there to help farmers yep. more. I, I maybe think we're we're really flying blind on this disease, uh, and that could hurt us more than just the lack of information. Even if you look at like all the publications on what to do, it's the same old stuff for any disease that they're saying. You know, yeah. it's it's the same stuff. So it's nothing specific to this disease and we still got a long way to go in learning about it. And maybe it's a logistic nightmare, but like you said, to a supplemental or, you know, something, once you crunched your data from fall of 2021, maybe like March of 2022, maybe they are able to punch something out at least to give you a little more guidance. Let's put it this way too. And a lot of these seed companies are owned by also a chem company. Yeah. Is they are pushing a lot of, fungicide webinars and how to deal with tar spot in that way well you're also a seed company how about you you know help us as well to see which varieties need you know have problems and and need the help yeah so hopefully we see some increased clarity through the next year with as more plot data and other things come out that they can kind of hone in on those those varieties that can yield through and help planning for next year. So now we'll do a couple, before we get to number one, do some honorable mentions. So a couple things here that didn't make the top ten, but were um, still either kind of cool or something that was worth making a note of for 2021. And so now first one is new cover crop premium for this next year and that is getting a five dollar an acre crop insurance premium benefit if you planted a cover crop so just a little bit more of a benefit to putting out that cover crop not only you get the soil health and the erosion benefits but hey five buck premium benefit on your cover your crop insurance would be kind of cool too so USDA is looking to roll that out. So 
ask your local rep about that if you're interested. Uh, another one here, or our, sec- our other honorable mention, was the John Deere strike back in October. We talked about that. Um, it's since been resolved, and so a positive thing came out of that in the end. But, you know, tractors were hard to come by as it is. Then you have a strike. You're not building new tractors, whether or not they could with the materials because of the supply chain issues. But um, you still hate to see that happening. And like I said, luckily it was resolved. So that was one of our other honorable mentions for this year. Or dishonorable mention, I don't know which one that fits into. but Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yeah. All right, Matt, before we get to our last one, I want to shout out to our listeners. We thank you for listening. We had a great 2021. We appreciate all of that you did for us in this year. And please tell a farmer friend about the podcast. Tell them, hey, if you want to sum up most of the articles they talked about in one episode, just tell them to listen to this one. And to download, you go to Apple Podcasts on your iPhone and on Android. We like Podcast Addict. There's also Podbean or Player FM or different apps that you can choose. And if you want to find us on a web browser, you go to tiltheg.com slash podcasts. Those are all ways to listen. And Matt, where can they follow us? You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. All right. So now we roll into number one. Our top story for 2021, fertilizer prices. Not a good one, though. No, it's it's not necessarily a good one, but it's it's in, amazing how, you know, we talked about this in a past episode. We went from last fall talking about how cheap potash was and, hey, get your potash. It's a great time to buy to record-setting high prices by the end of 2021. So it's been a, been a quite a roller coaster that we've ridden in the last year or so. Um, something we've, we've talked about repeatedly uh, over the course of the year. And every time we're like, oh, well, they, they went up. May, hopefully they won't get any higher. And then the next time it's like, oh, yep, they went higher and higher and higher. <laughs> and now we're, we're hoping we're somewhere near the peak. Nobody knows for sure. But we can't, we can't, I can't go that much higher at this point, can it? <laughs> oh, there, no. Now you did it, Max. Now we're, now we're done. There, I got it. <laughs> Knocking on that wood. Knocked on wood. All right. I got it. Not a fun one, but a very important one to basically our our jobs, right? In our last two months of meeting farmers and talking about next year. and Yep. It's important to manage your, your resources. And that's one of the things we covered in this topic was talking about how placing your manure um, and using it to to meet the most benefit that you can. And um, so it's it's definitely affected the management on a lot of our farms. I was using an analogy to a farmer of gas prices. And remember when gas hit like a buck and was really cheap and now is up to four bucks and, you know, it's expensive. It's up to three. It's up there, but it is. I don't know where you're buying your gas. No, it's four, <laughs> four is two, it's seen up four to dollars, three. Yes. Um, 320. <laughs> so, so it kind of came up and it would be like a fertilizer. If in the gas equivalent to the fertilizer world, it went up to 10 bucks right now. That'd be sort of the equivalent of yeah. what happened. And the farmer I was telling this to, he's kind of like, yeah, he's like, I've used that analogy, but I thought of a better one. And he said I could use it is because he said gas, you just drive less or you figure out. Sure. And we're trying to use this analogy to a non-farm person that wouldn't kind of understand why that's on the forefront of their minds and why that's a problem. And he said, you know, they'll just drive less or you figure it out with gas a little bit more. You buy a more fuel efficient vehicle or well, it's hard to find a vehicle right now, so maybe that one doesn't work. You just drive less. Um, his analogy was, and he said he could use it, was that it's like heating your home and your utility bill. Is So imagine your utility bill went down, you know, was cheaper, and now is, say, around two to $300 to 150 to 300 to heat your home. Well, that'd be like if it was at $1,000 right now. You're not going to stop. $1,000 every month. You're, yeah, you're not going to stop heating your house. You're, you're not going to... You know, yeah, you maybe take a shorter shower, so you use a little less water. You may turn the thermostat down a little. Turn bit. all your lights off. Live I, right. in the dark. Yeah, but, I do that every day with my kids. Just have, <laughs> right. It's like no, the, the annual like. Oh my god! When they're in the shower, you just shut the lights <laughs> no, off. No, 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 no. They just walk out of every room with the lights on. It's like it's almost like a swear jar we gotta have in our house. You think money grows on trees? Yeah. And it's 
probably doesn't cost us that much. Or Bill's that it, dad. Old man I screams am, at clouds. I am. The kids were playing some music Just, yesterday, you, and I'm like, I'm old. This music sucks. <laughs> you know how well I've got my kids trained? Like, if I'm in the shower and they come in to grab something out of the bathroom, a lot of times they'll turn the light off on me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, have, I need that, man. I need then that. they have to yell at him, hey, hey, turn the light back on. You don't stand up by the meter bill and just watch. I don't. I don't. Yeah. But it just, you, there's just times when you like walk around the house, you're like, every damn light in this house is on. Like, bedrooms, bathrooms. It's like, Everybody do you, yeah, it is. is <laughs> oh, my God. It just drives me bananas. <laughs> anyway, Get not, off my lawn. <laughs> Bill's down there tweaking the hot water heater down to like yeah. lukewarm. I, I like hot water in my shower. So that's one thing I won't do. Are you sure you needed 102? Yeah. I think we can get by with like 98. Yeah, no. But you're right, Todd. You're not going to stop heating your house. Right, and that's what we're doing with fertilizer, really, is we're, we're going to... And we've always tried to manage it properly. It's just now it makes it even more difficult to make those tough decisions on... And this is a tough decision for farmers of just even when to buy it. You know, yeah. it's got some angst there of, am I going to not get any next year? Am I going to get it? And the prices are so high now. Do I spend it? And so I, we just know it's been on the forefront of farmers' minds. And, and yeah, it's something that we're going to really utilize next year to the best we can. And like Bill said, you're going to turn, you know, you're going to shut off all the lights and you're going to do what you can. And we're going to use less potash where we can and less map where we can and less nitrogen where we can. But we can't completely shut it off either or, or we will not grow a proper crop. So I'm really hopeful you know, and obviously we can't see the future, and hopefully in in July we can look back and go, oh, that's, you know, I'm really hopeful that we get past planting and things start to go down a little bit, and then, you know, we get through second crop and maybe to side dressing corn, and things look a lot better. And at that point, guys, they'll start to put it on. You know, then they'll start to buy it if it goes down. Luckily, think of that too, is we have the equipment this year. That, you know, in the last 10, 15 years to handle a late application of N with yep. Y drops. And so that's a good thing, too, is we have the the technology to, to apply it at different times now. We have the technology. That'll help we us. We can do it better, faster, even, stronger. Like when this happened back in 08, I don't, we didn't have no. Y drop. Y drops and, weren't a thing. And, then. you know, yeah, you had drop hoses on certain things, but not like we do today where that window is bigger. So hopefully there's different things that'll help us but it was just tough because you could just like i say the angst that farmers had over this and what you you didn't want to make a bad decision on it and and we don't know what the right decision was yet so we'll like you say next year we'll sort that part out all right so there you go that is our top 10 list of our top 10 ag stories for 2021 so thanks for being here guys thanks for having us matt so as we wrap up 2021 on this last day, hope it was a good year for you. And if not, look forward to next year. It starts tomorrow. So thanks for listening. And as always, happy farming.